Thank you again for listening to the Rise and Go podcast. Wanted to do a quick shout out here on where to find us on social media. On Instagram and X, we are at Elevant MPLS. That is E-L-E-V-A-N-T-M-P-L-S. And on Facebook at Elevant. We do a lot of cool posts on there with our Elevant athletes. We do some food posts. We do some lifestyle posts. And obviously, we got the gym motivation coming at you each and every day. And as we continue to move here, we are going to have more guests coming. And we're super excited to hear others' journeys. And thank you again for supporting the Elevant brand. We love y'all. Yes, sir. All right. Welcome to the Rise and Go podcast. I'm super excited to have our next guest in here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, excited, Mike. Uh, glad to be here. My name is Abe Oldeslassie, um, and I am the head men's basketball coach at McAllister College, and this is year six uh, back at Mac for me. So Awesome, awesome. So tell us how the season is going so far. Yeah, you know, I'd say like uh, a lot of seasons, you have ups and downs, mm-hmm. right? And right now we've... Um, our adversity with uh, injuries has kind of hit us a little bit, uh, but we're nine and eleven right now, so we're we're still in the playoff hunt. Um, we've got five games left in the conference season, and so uh, we play St. Mary's on Saturday, which would be a big game here at the Leonard Center. And uh, you know the, the old adage of one game at a time is all we can do right now. So yeah, um, but we got a lot of young guys contributing, and um, we should have a, a really really strong finish to the year. That's great. So with the MIAC conference, who are, you know, the, the top teams that uh, are kind of the best teams in a year in and year out? Yeah. So uh, this year, right now, St. John's is in first place. They're, uh, I would say, running away with it. Uh, Hamlin is having a really good year this year at, at, and they're in second. And then uh, Gustavus is in third right now. So um, those three, I would say, are definitely having uh, really strong years. No, that's great. You know, I was able to catch a part of a game against that St. John's, and it, it was so interesting. You know, Arsenio Richardson, I yeah, was, yeah. I went to a high school game uh, the other week, and to kind of see the difference in pace, I think, you know, relatively when it comes to, like, size, uh, you know, at the Division three level, you know, I didn't notice much of a size of it, but in terms of, like, execution and, uh, you know, fundamentals more than anything, you know, seeing the ball move, seeing players get to their spots and yeah. do those sorts of things. It was cool to kind of have, like, that front row seat and, you know, see the, the nuances, but uh, you know, why don't you share a little bit more about your background and how you got to Mac? Yeah, so, you know, I graduated from McAllister in 2008. Um, I, I actually started out at St. Thomas, so I, I played there for two years and then transferred here for my last two and, you know, wanted to coach, so ended up uh, taking a job in Las Vegas uh, at a training facility called Impact Basketball. So we trained players middle school to high school, all the way up to NBA players and international pros and all that. And so I did that for two years and then uh, coached on the East Coast for eight years. Uh, at I started out at Bowdoin College in Maine and then Dartmouth College in New Hampshire and then Davidson College in North Carolina and then Siena College in New York. So eight years on the East Coast, different roles and got a chance to be at the Division three level and the Division one level as an assistant and then uh, came back to McAllister in 2018 as the head men's coach here. So uh, this is year six now uh, back home. No, that's awesome. So you say you're from the Minnesota area. Where, where are you from in Minnesota? Yeah, uh, Minneapolis, South Minneapolis. Uh, grew up on 4852 uh, Clinton Ave. Okay. So uh, that was home uh, until I was 16. And then our family moved to Richfield uh, for you know high school and college. So 
Um, so yeah, Minneapolis and, and Richfield. Yeah, you know, I got a couple of buddies that went to Richfield. You may know them, Nate Fears and yeah, man. Hart, so one of the hardest screens I ever had to fight through in my life was a, a <laughs> Nate Fears screen. He's a year older than me. I'll never forget. I was in eighth grade. He was in ninth grade, and I hit that screen. And and um, I'm I'm alive to tell that story, <laughs> but it was a mean screen. So. Sure, you know he, he's a big body. That's for sure. He is. Uh, you he know is. he was one of our podcast guests, and so when you know I told him that I was coaching McAllister, he was like, "You got to chat with Abe. You know he's a great guy." Yeah. And so I, I'm really thrilled to have this opportunity to to meet with you here. And you know, as as a coach here at McAllister, you know, I'm. I'm fascinated on how, you know, the student athletes kind of go about their business here. You know, there's the academic rigors, the athletic rigors, and, you know, as a leader of these young men, you know, kind of go through what your coaching philosophy and how you, you know, work with them day in and day out. Yeah. So our philosophy um, revolves around these three team rules we talk about almost every day. So uh, rule one is control what we can control. Rule two is have passion. And then number three is be a great teammate. So whether that's in the classroom, whether that's on the court, whether that's in the weight room, on the weekends, when they're back home, uh, everything we do revolves around those three rules. Those are our, kind of our core values and, and what we try to live each day. Uh, doesn't mean, you know, we all make mistakes and that, that's part of life. But um, if we can do our best to follow these three rules, that's going to guide them, I believe, not just at McAllister, but the rest of their life. So um, I think being a student here uh, and an athlete here uh, now 15 years ago, so it was a few years ago, yeah. this building that we're in right now didn't even exist when, when I was a student here. But um, I remember what it was like, you know, with those academic demands, um, the professors push you, the coursework is challenging, the days are long, and um, fatigue can really set in, right? Both mental fatigue, physical fatigue, and all that. And so um, I want the best part of their day from when they wake up to when they go to bed I want their best part of the day to be on the practice court, right? So for we practice for 90 minutes to two hours. Um, again, we all have things in our life we have to deal with, personal, professional, uh, family, and all that. Um, I want them to not think about that during those 90 minutes to two hours, sure. right? And, like, that's therapy for us. It's a chance to sweat it out and to um, work together towards a common goal, right? So um, that's what I hope. And, again, doesn't mean every single second of practice is going to be the most fun thing ever. Um, but when they walk out of there, um, they're rejuvenated, they're uh, proud, um, and they feel like they can do anything. And that, that's my hope. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important that, you know, they come to practice and feel like, hey, this is almost like a break from everyday life. Sure. You, know, you, yeah. you almost yeah. clear your head. You know, with, with our baseball players, you know, I always try to tell them these four years that you're going to be here are going to go by so fast. Snap and, of the finger. Yeah, I mean, literally. And, you know, it's, this is my fourth year. And so this is the first class that I've seen go from freshman to senior. And I'm like, I told you guys, I told you guys, but you know, again, it's having that ability, like baseball, basketball, athletics should be fun. You know, when you come in here, yes, there's, you know, some not fun things about athletics where you got to do conditioning, you got to do weightlifting. Uh, you know, some days you're just tired, you know, you've had a long day. You got to come in. Like we've, we have, sometimes we have eight o'clock at night practices and even it's kind of a drag for us coaches to get there. But, you know, you still have to put in your time. You still have to be, you know, find ways to motiv motivate yourself. So how do you motivate your players when things kind of get to those dog days? Yeah, you know, I remind them that. So we have five coaches on our staff and four of them played at McAllister, sure. right, and graduated from here. And then one of them, Connor Nord, who you know, is uh, went to St. Thomas but also played. So all five of our coaches played college basketball, right? And so we know – 
we know what it feels like when you're tired and you're sick and maybe you're homesick and you didn't get the grade you wanted on the test and maybe you've got girlfriend issues and parent issues and all that stuff. And so we can be empathetic to that. And we know that like we've been there and they know that we've been there and we can, we continue to fight through. And so um, I try to lead as a head coach. I want my assistant coaches to lead and um, just be there for them. You know, again, whether that's going to their capstone presentation, whether that's having lunch with them, whether that's just talking about life, mm -hmm. right? Um, we put so much time into what we do, whether that's weights, whether that's film, whether that's shoot around, uh, whether that's stretching. I mean, that, that, there's so much time we do and we only get 40 minutes to play that game, right? And so we, we want to make sure that we're as prepared as possible for those 40 minutes. And then whatever happens, win or lose, we can be proud of how we perform. Absolutely. Now, you know, thinking about, you know, with our baseball team, we don't have any kids from Minnesota. Do you have kids from Minnesota? On your uh, so, we, yeah, it's funny. We have two. So um, Robert Grace uh, grew up in Minneapolis, and then Marcus Crawford uh, had moved around a lot as a kid and then went to high school uh, in Edina. So those are our two that went to high school in Minnesota. Sure. You know, I've looked at a lot of the rosters of the you know, athletic department, and there's not a lot of kids from Minnesota on yeah. these teams. Kind of walk us through, like, what it's like to recruit kids for McAllister, specifically knowing, you know, the, the academic rigors that come with being a student athlete here. Yeah. So the number one thing we start with is, you know, like, how are your grades and getting a transcript, right? And, and not all transcripts are equal, like a higher GPA at one school, might not equal maybe a lower GPA at maybe a, a slightly stronger school, right? And you look at classes they've taken and extracurriculars and all that. And so that's the starting point. Um, our schools now test optional, right? So you, you don't need the SAT or ACT, but we still ask for those um, to submit those to admissions just to get like a pre-read, right? And then um, the academic pieces first, I, I would say for us, our sport basketball is the second piece. And so if we can't see them live, uh, it's watching film, it's talking to high school coaches, prep school, AU coaches, uh, trying to get a feel of not just the stats and you know how many points they're scoring or whatever, how many assists, but um, what is their work ethic like? What is his mentality at practice? How does he treat his teammates? How does he treat the trainers? And you try to get a picture painted of like who that student is as a player. And then um, I'd say the last piece, so you got academic fit, basketball fit, and then the social fit. So McAllister is a smaller school, mm -hmm. right? 2,200 students. Uh, we don't have fraternities here. We don't have sororities. We're in a city. Um, that could be viewed as like something some, a student doesn't want or maybe it's something a student does want. And so we try to be as honest as we can of, like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're looking for. Does this align with what you're looking for? Because since I've been here, we've only had one recruit out of the transfer portal. Um, we're, we're not a school that's going to be known for, I know you see it more in division one, maybe some mm -hmm. division two of constantly recruiting the portal. Um, I don't think we're built for that here. I don't think that aligns with the school and, and, and I'm not even knocking the transfer portal. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. you have to know your school, right. And, and how that all works. So, um, so yeah, it really boils down to, is this student the right academic fit? Is he the right basketball fit? Is McAllister the right social fit? And then if all that checks out, um, then we would ask the student to apply. They've got to go through the financial aid process mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, and then you, you see if, if we're the right one. Yeah. Have you ever done any like recruiting overseas or in like Europe anywhere? Not at McAllister, but we've had, we've had students. Uh, we had one student who was from Pakistan that ended up coming here. Uh, we have one student on our team right now who's from Senegal. 
Uh, we have one student who is from Nigeria. Uh, we have one who was born in Australia. Um, so we haven't personally went over, you know, left the U.S., um, but we have had international students on our team. Yeah. A lot of, like, our student athletes for the baseball team, they will, like, study abroad. Does that happen a lot with your basketball players? Um, it, it's a little harder with basketball just because, you know, we start practice, like, end of September, mm -hmm. and then we go, hopefully, if we're winning and all that stuff, then we'll go through, like, early March. And so it, they can't really go in the fall, and then it's hard to go in the spring. Sure. Um, there have been guys that have done like some shorter summer programs, but it, it's hard just because of our season to, um, to, cause then you would have to leave during the middle yeah. part of the year. Yeah. You know, that's one of the challenges that I have for some of our baseball players. Cause I want them to play during the summer. Cause I think that's yeah. kind of a vital time to just enjoy the sport of baseball. You're not practicing. You just get to go play a couple times a week. And it's almost like, you know, a relief. You know, I think about when I play amateur baseball during the summer, it's like the biggest, like release for me just to go out in the field and still be able to play the game that I love. Now I, I want to go back to your experience of, you know, coaching on the East coast, you know, what were some of the, you know, core moments that really drove you to continue coaching to get to where you're at today? Yeah. So uh, my, my first college job was at Bowdoin college in Brunswick, Maine, a small D three school, similar to McAllister. And prior to that, uh, you know, like I said, I was in Vegas for two years and then I moved back home in Minnesota. I was in Minneapolis and, I just knew I wanted to be at the college level. I, I didn't want to be at the high school level. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be at the pro level. I just felt like I could make the strongest impact on people at the college level. And, and I like recruiting because then you get to build your team yeah. and you get to be the coach, but you also get to be the GM, right? And you get to build your roster. And so I was applying everywhere. Didn't matter where it was in the United States. I just wanted a college job. And uh, thankfully, I ended up getting an offer out in Maine. So I, I'd, I had never been to Maine in my life. I didn't know a soul out there. Yeah. I flew out there for the interview. I met with the head coach, uh, Tim Gilbride, who has since retired, um, but was the head coach there for 35 years. And I was grateful to work with him uh, for two of those years. And so he offered me the job and um, I, I took it. And I just said, hey, I'm going to go out there and work as hard as I can and make as many connections as I can and try to build that program and help it get to a, a better place. And so, yeah, and I was out there for two years in, in Brunswick, Maine. No, that's awesome. I always, I'm always curious, like, what motivates – you know, specifically coaches, you know, as leaders of young men, I think it's important that you have a good set of values. Now, who would you say have been like your mentors or like your idols as a coach? Like, who do you like look up to? Who do you try to emulate? Yeah, I would say, so some of the coaches I, I work for, so I was lucky enough to work for um, Tim Gilbride at Bowdoin, um, Paul Cormier at Dartmouth, who was um, also an NBA coach for many years. And he gave me my first division one opportunity. And then uh, Bob McKillop, who was the head coach at Davidson uh, for 37 years, for sure over 35, I think it was 37. And uh, I was with him from uh, our last year in the Southern Conference and our first two years in the A-10. Uh, I was there after uh, Steph Curry was there. So Steph Curry was there until 2010. I got there in 2013. Um, and so you know, I was able to meet him a few times and, and just to see be a part of the program coach McKillop built so much of what we did there. I, I try to take here at McAllister. And then uh, I was at Siena college in New York for two years and worked for a guy named Jimmy Patsos, who um, I would say was a great educator, not just on the court, but a lot of stuff off the court and how to um, educate your players off the court was, was something he, he really took a lot of pride in. Um, and then, you know, the, in my wall, in my office, I have a photo of John Wooden and I got a, a towel of John Thompson. Right. Like those are two of the yeah. 
obviously John won at UCLA, um, winning um, 10 titles, and then um, John Thompson being a, um, a really a strong winning black coach at, uh, at Georgetown, which traditionally wasn't very good and turned them into a national champion and, um, you know, went to the, the final fours and um, helped a lot of kids that maybe would have otherwise not been admitted to Georgetown, gave them a chance to, to get there. And so, um, so those are some of the people I, I look up to. No, that's great. And, you know, to hear, you know, John Thompson as like, you know, a strong leader of men as a black man is, is, is very powerful. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, being African-American and being a leader at a college like that, you know, what, what, what is that like for you, you know, day in and day out to, you know, really set that example for, for young black men here? In yeah. Yeah. I take, I view it as not pressure, but a huge major responsibility. And, uh, there, now you're starting to see more black coaches, especially at the high school level, yeah. at, at the, at the boys level, uh, and even the girls level. And so my hope is that, um, by building a successful program here and other people noticing that, that other young black coaches and, 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 the, and young black qualified coaches and yep. young minority coaches in general get opportunities that maybe in the past they wouldn't have gotten. And, and I feel like I have an opportunity here that there were qualified coaches long before me that maybe just didn't get that opportunity. And so now that I have that, um, it's a, it's a huge responsibility to, um, you can't mess it up, yeah. you know, like there, you have to, uh, and I'm grateful that I have uh, a strong athletic director in Donnie Brooks yeah. that um, that guides not just me but our department and pushes us in the right way and and you know loves us in the right way when we need to be loved and um, lifts us up and so um, it's a gift to coach here and my hope is that uh, hopefully down the road we're not even talking about well this coach is getting the job because it's just so many young coaches young black coaches are already getting opportunities right. that it's just it becomes more the norm than um, uh, a storyline. Yeah. What are the parallels of working with Donnie? You know, I, I admire Donnie a lot. I love his enthusiasm. Every time I see him, you know, he, he will basically do anything you, 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 yeah. you need him to do. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't really get to interact with him much as, you know, a part-time assistant coach. You know, I, I'm going to talk with, with the head coach, Matt Parrington, more about, you know, how the baseball program works. So I'm curious, you know, with the basketball program and Donnie, like what are the parallels of working with an athletic director and, what are maybe some of the challenges and some of the successes that you've had, you know, working here at McAllister? Yeah. So Donnie and I both worked together at Dartmouth for oh, a year. So okay. I know Donnie, my one year at Dartmouth was 2012, 2013. So um, I was uh, the director of basketball operations on the men's side and he was an assistant AD and we used to play noon ball like two or three <laughs> times a week. Like sure. that was the thing. Cause you're, we're in Hanover, New Hampshire. There, there's not much else to do. You're a small <laughs> town, hard to get to. And so we spent a lot of time on the court together and, and build a friendship. And then, you know, I left and then he left and then we reunited back at McAllister. So having that previous relationship, I knew who he was. I knew his family, you know, his wife, Chevy. Um, now he has three young kids. And so to have an AD that uh, comes to our games and he's cheering, he's getting the defense chant going with yeah. like, the students. I saw that the other day. Right? Like, like he's, go. yeah, like, like that, that's leadership. And uh, and he's not just the AD, of course, of basketball. He's the AD of 20 sports, and he's very visible. Um, like any uh, leader, right, you, he can't say yes to everything, and, and we know that, but I just feel like he listens yeah. and he tries. And, um, and maybe it's not exactly what we want, but he finds a way to get us to where we need to go. 
And so uh, I'm grateful to have him as our leader. I'm grateful uh, to President Rivera, yeah. who's our mm-hmm. um, our newish president. And and um, you asked about like successes with our program since I've been here. And so this is year six. And again, it, it's been uh, like anything up and down. Um, but every single year, our winning percentage has gone up. We went from seven wins our first year to eight wins our second year to a COVID year where we only played four games. Uh, but we went two and two. And then the next year, we won 15 games and went to the conference title game, yeah. only the second time in school history. And then uh, last year, we went, won 15 games as well and then uh, finished fourth in our conference. So we made our conference playoffs the past two years. Right now, we're, we're on the outside looking in. We've got some work to do. But um, I feel like the program is such a great place. And uh, it's just a, a major honor to coach here. And it's my job to just keep pushing us forward, you know, year in, year out. Yeah. Let's share a little bit more about, you know, there was, you know, you played the Golfers this year. Uh, Caleb Martin, I, do I have his name right? Uh, Caleb Williams. Caleb, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Yes. Uh, you know, he's been in the news quite a bit. Uh, you know, let's share a little bit more, like, about your players. You know, who are, you know, some of your players that are having, you know, better years? I know Caleb. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I saw in, in the, the news, uh, is it Kobe? Yeah, Kobe Gold. Yeah, yeah. He just scored like a thousand points. So yeah, yeah. Why don't you share just a little bit more about your players and uh, you know who who you who are kind of like the the guys that are have been having a lot of success. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Kobe Gold. He last night we played here and uh, scored his thousand point, uh, and only his third year at Max. So that's a, a huge deal. Oh wow! I, th- I the, thought he was a senior. Yeah, he's a junior. Oh, he's wow. a junior. So uh, in the history of the men's basketball program, only twenty five players have scored a thousand points, and now he's one of twenty five with a full year to go. So uh, amazing accomplishment. He's second in scoring for us. Uh, he, since um, we had a, a player, Noah Shannon injured his foot. And so since Noah has been out, Kobe's led us in rebounding. He's let, he's leading the Mayak in assists. He's leading our team in steals. So just a versatile do it all player. He, he's been tremendous shooting a high percentage from threes around 37%. Uh, Caleb Williams, is our lean scorer, who yep. you mentioned earlier, uh, a dynamic score, uh, like you mentioned earlier, scored 41 points when we had our exhibition against Minnesota earlier this year. And then um, most recently, we played Concordia uh, a week ago and scored 51 points in that game. So it was the second highest total in Mayak history wow. um, behind Devin George, you know, who, who played at Augsburg, played for the Lakers. Devin George had 52 in a game and Caleb had 51, right? So the history of the Mayak, that, I mean, to have the Mayak's been around since 1920. So, um, a hundred and, uh, what, six years there, 104 years, right. That he's, um, was able to finish second and, um, Noah Shannon was having a great year, a uh, sophomore for us, uh, unfortunately, you know, injured his foot. And so he, he's out for a little bit, but, um, was a sophomore power forward for us. And then, um, lastly, I will say, uh, Eric Wentz is a sophomore for us from Minot, North Dakota, uh, is our third leading scorer. And um, shooting 48% from three, he's second in the Mayak in three-point field goal percentage. And uh, just a tremendous shooter, takes care of the ball, and uh, is, is scoring a lot of points as a sophomore. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I've, I I want to get to more games and, you know, watch you guys play. But, you know, what is your style of play? Is it, you know, move the ball? Is it tenacious defense? You know, kind of give us an idea of, you know, what your game plans are. Yeah. Without giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, hopefully no, my coach, well, hopefully some of my coach, do <laughs> yeah. but not the basketball coaches, but yeah, we're this year, we are definitely, I would say more of an offensive team 
then defensive team. Um, some of that is a little bit due to injury. And because of that, we're playing a little bit smaller. And so we're, we're just playing faster. And so more possessions, uh, more threes. So we're leading the league in three-point field goals made. We're second in assists. We're second in assist to turnover ratio. Um, so we, we take great care of the ball. Uh, we take pretty good shots. I, th- I think, you know, any coach would tell you that you can always improve in shot selection, yeah. right? And being just a little bit, you know, passing up good for great, right? Like you might think, I got a decent one. I got a good one. Yeah, but that next guy's a great one. And so we're, we're working towards that. And uh, defensively, we, we've definitely had some issues we, we got to work on. Um, again, some of it's due to injury and some guys now playing out of position. Um, but yeah, I would describe this year's team as a fast-paced, three-point shooting, unselfish, probably more offensive-oriented yeah. team. Yeah, you mentioned, I think we, we chatted, like, it must have been last week, but you, one of your centers is out for the year, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. so um, Badu Ba, who is a, a junior for us right now, um, unfortunately tore his ACL, so he did that in September and then had surgery in October, so he'll be out for this season. And then uh, he'll be back next year as a successful surgery and if you saw him walking around now, you wouldn't even know he had it. Yeah, so it's yeah. just, but it's, you know, you don't want to re-injure it and you just got to go through that process. And so, um, so he's rehabbing. We have a great trainer, uh, Mike Hall and uh, Paula Natvig, who's our head athletic trainer. Yeah. Um, they're doing a great job getting him ready for next year. But, uh, but it's a bummer because he was the defensive player of the year last year in the MIAC. Uh, he had a great summer this year. He played in the Twin Cities Pro-Am. So he was playing in the championship game his team lost to Tyus Jones and Trey Jones, but sure. he was, you know, he had three or four dunks in that game. He had a couple blocks and he was playing against legitimate pros. And so we felt coming into this year that he was going to take another big step mm-hmm. as an upperclassman and he's still going to do it. It's just a, a year delayed. Yeah. So. You know, that, that is unfortunate. I think back to when I was in college, my senior year, like right in the middle, I'm, I'm having a great year and I, I tore my meniscus right before our conference tournament. And it's really tough for athletes to kind of come back from those types of devastating injuries. You know, there's all the rehab, the surgery, you know, then it's like you have to get mentally into a space, especially with like basketball where, you know, you use your legs for running, for jumping, for cutting, Uh, you know, that can be a long path forward. So what do you think is, you know, the best way to kind of keep, you know, an athlete's mind on the right track as they're kind of going through rehab? Yeah, you know, you have to have constant reminders of like why you're here and like what what are your goals, right? Like I can want something for a player, but if he or she doesn't want that, um, then they're not going to get to where they need to go. So um, as coaches, there are times where I feel like I believe in them maybe more than they believe in themselves. And it's just giving them constant feedback. Um, I'm trying to work on being even more positive, right? Like that sometimes negativity for all of us where humans can creep in. And I'm working on, being even more positive and, but holding guys accountable. Like if I care about you and I see you doing something you're not supposed to be doing and I don't say anything, then I don't really care about you. I'm yeah. not right. Like you've got to, um, we have this foundational layer of trust that we've built amongst with our players and our coaching staff. And so when I say something to them, it's not an attack on them as a human being. It's not their character. It's like you in this moment as a basketball player need to do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And and, you know, like all players, right, sometimes, or, or whether it's a young kid listening to their parent, sometimes you just don't want to hear it, sure. right? Whatever that is, you had a long day, you're tired of hearing it. And so I feel like we've done a great job with our staff of adding, um, we added two coaches this year that both played for me here. So uh, Gabby Ramos, who's from Puerto Rico, played for me here uh, for four years. And then Mike Babb, who's from St. Louis, Missouri, 
Um, both of them ended up taking jobs here. So they work full-time jobs and then they coach with us in the evenings. And so now to have, for me, it's an honor to have two guys that I coach now on our staff. Yeah. But I also think for our players to have two coaches that played for me and know what I'm looking for and what Connor Nord is looking for and Dylan Kilgore, um, that helps that communication. Um, those two serve as like the bridge in many ways between, you know, the coaches and the players. So, um, so yeah, you know, we're, we're at that point of the season. We have five regular season games left and uh, it, it's going to be a fight to the finish, but uh, it, it's an exciting time of year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as you get towards the end of the year, you know, playoffs and potential, you know, again, that's where you really want to see, you know, maybe even the upperclassmen or your best players really kind of take that next step yeah. and, you know, take that, take their games to the next level, if you will. Because I, I always tell our players, it's like, hey, you know, we can practice, we can hammer this stuff home, but until you can do this on the field and then, you know, even, you know, elevate your play in pressure situations, you know, that's really the most important thing. Um, you know, I'm, our motto here with Elevant is rise and go, chase your dreams and never stop. You know, I always want to ask people like what motivates you, like what gets you out of bed every morning and, you know, makes you want to come to Mac and just really kind of help these kids. Yeah. I, you know, so growing up like you were both here from Minnesota, both grew up here. I grew up in Minneapolis and, um, I had a great, you know, dad, um, that raised me and was, you know, was an immigrant, right? So I came here and, um, worked so hard. He was a nurse at Abbott Northwestern Hospital and he passed away a few years ago, but um, everything he sacrificed to give me an opportunity, um, I feel like I owe it to him. Um, I owe it to Donnie, our athletic director, right, who's given me a great opportunity as head coach here. Um, I owe it to our staff, right, that have, they give up a time, like you're a coach and you're giving up a piece of your life, right, to help elevate someone else's program mm -hmm. as a head coach. <clears throat> and ultimately I owe it to the players. So we have, right now we have 14 players on the team and uh, 12 of them are not from Minnesota. Two of them are. And so all of these guys came except for the two from different States and they took a chance on me and to come to McAllister where I know it's beautiful weather now, which is normal, <laughs> not normal for February, but normally at this time there'd be snow and wind and darkness and all that. Um, but they're leaving their families to get the best education they can get and to have the best basketball experience they can get. And the basketball experience is a part of that education. It's not separate. It's all intertwined. And so I feel like I can make the biggest impact on earth through this job right now. You know, like that's, I'm, I feel like I'm molding men and they're going to be here. Like we talked about earlier, if they're lucky, they get four healthy years to play yeah. if they're lucky. And then, after that, you're done. And then now you're 22, maybe 23, and you're graduating. And then, you know, real life hits and eventually they'll uh, maybe get married and maybe have kids and maybe start a business and, and they'll really start their life. And so my hope is that, yes, we're, we're trying to win every single game, right? Like the, I would say this isn't the NBA where some teams might lose to get better draft picks, yeah. right? Like we, we're not, we're trying to win every single game. Um, but if that doesn't happen, you still want to instill lessons in these guys and whether it's resiliency, whether it's accountability, whether it's understanding how to be a great teammate, our three rules we talked about controlling what they can have passion to be a great teammate. Um, that'll carry, that'll stick with them long after the games are, are done. And so um, my hope is that their time here was worth it and it sets them up for, for the really the, the best part of their life. Yeah. You know, I always compare athletics, you know, my day job is I do talent acquisition and you know, 
working within a team environment, like that's what you're going to be doing in your job. You know, you have to learn how to work with different personalities. Uh, you know, having, you know, time management is also a key sure. piece yeah. to it as well. And, you know, to instill these values in these young men, you know, again, every player that I've ever worked with here at McAllister, it's like they're, they're tremendous young men. We've sure. never really sure. had sure. any issues with, with kids that, you know, we've maybe like some academic struggles, uh, you know, maybe some troubles, you know, outside of, you know, the classroom, you know, partying too much, things like yeah. that. But for the most part, you know, it's, it's not a huge concern to, you know, when they leave our supervision, you know, we're not too worried about them. Yeah. And then when yeah. they come back, you know, usually they're pretty excited. You know, sometimes we have to kind of kick them in the ass to motivate them a little bit. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I, I think that's just the, the name of the game. And, you know, I, I'm sorry to hear about, about your dad. You know, I lost my father when I was in, I was in fourth grade. Okay. Died of a, a heart attack right away. And, you know, again, I, I look at, you know, being, you know, so young in that, in that time of my life. You know, again, like what I'm doing today is, you know, I hope to make him proud. And I also, I lost my mom to ALS when I was 21. So there's a lot of motivating factors for me to, you know, continue to be a better man. And, you know, like you said, you know, to, to have this job where you have kids that trust you, they, you know, they may take some time to get them to trust you. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I had one of my players, uh, he, <laughs> he looked like crap in practice the other day. You could just tell something was off and then, he woke up in the middle of the night with a 103 degree temperature, couldn't make it to practice, had to go to the hospital. And so it was just like a lot of unknowns, obviously. And, you know, to I reached out to him last night. I was like, hey, you know, Ray, I'm thinking about you, man. I, I hope you're feeling better. I can't wait to have you back in practice. And you can, he texted back to me. He's like, I can't wait to get back. I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, just rested. And it's like, you know, to, to have those players, you know, communicate back with you. And I, it's, it's, it, it is very powerful because it's like you only have a short amount of time with them. But again, I feel like you, you we're making such a huge impact on on what they're doing. So, um, you know, again, you know, we're at about thirty three minutes here. Uh, you know, is there anything you want to get off your chest here? Any anything you need to share? No, I just, man, I appreciate this opportunity. This is fun, yeah. and I'm I'm glad that you're you're doing this because you're helping people. And I hope that if, yeah, anyone's listening, that you know, um, like life, right? Like the basketball, baseball, whatever that is. Um, things, you know, aren't always going to go your way and maybe things aren't, um, life's not supposed to be easy and the game's not easy and all that. The key is just to keep going. And that's something, you know, we, we played last night and we had a, a loss that was, um, something I felt like we, we could have played better. Right. And sometimes you lose and you play as well as you can. And that's, and sometimes you win and maybe you don't play as well as you can, but you still get the win and whatever, but we just didn't perform to our standard last night. And you got to get up the next morning yeah. right? and you can't, you can't stay down for too long and you got to keep fighting and um, keep working for a better opportunity. So, um, so I hope if anyone's listening and they're maybe struggling or going through tough times, just got to keep fighting and, and keep digging in and um, better times are ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So for our listeners, uh, for your social media, is there, is there places where they can find you? Yeah, I use, uh, I guess, Twitter slash X now. And it's just at Abe Woldeslassi. And then, um, yeah, I use Instagram a little bit. And it's A Zarai W. So um, Zarai was my dad's name. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, and if uh, another thing I'd also say too is that uh, all McAllister sporting events are free admission for home games. So for anyone that wants to, whether it's a high school athlete or um, a local family or, 
um, someone that maybe can't afford a professional sporting event to come watch, whether it's a baseball team or softball team or basketball teams. Um, it's high level sports, uh, great entertainment and, uh, a way to, um, hopefully get some inspiration from these great athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for coming on here today. Uh, good, best of luck for the rest of your season. I, I, I hope to catch a more game. When is your next game? Yeah, we play. So today is Thursday. We practice tomorrow and then we have a home game Saturday. So we play St. Mary's doubleheader. So the women play at one and then we play at three. So, all right, folks, come on out. Let's check it out. Thanks again. Thank you.